Cappuccino with Constable Brian. Real people, real stories. The lady I'm interviewing today started off as a drive time announcer and a copywriter and an on-call Juno at 2ZG in Radio Gisborne. She was then went on to do amazing things such as being a senior multi-award winning journalist with TV3 since 2001. Uh, she's been an Australian and Pacific Island correspondent. She's been on just about every single TV program that TV3 produces. News Hub, 3 News, Campbell Live, Story, 3 Degrees, 60 Minutes and Nightline. I'm even going to ask her if she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars next year as well. <laughs> uh, in 2009, she was a New Zealand TV Award winner for the Victorian Bushfires. Uh, she was a Qantas Award winner for the Best News Reporter again for the Victorian Bushfires. Uh, she's been a finalist in 2007 to 2012. Uh, she was a TP McLean Sports Awards winner for the Best Feature in 2013 and a finalist in 2012 and 2016. She's done major stories in just about every country of the world. Europe, U USA, Asia, Australia, Pacific, Bali bombings, Fiji, uh, government elections. She even once had a microphone punched out of her hands by Frank Barney Norama. Uh, she was at Norfolk Island's first murder trial and she was at the Queensland floodings. My God, that's a resume and a half. I'm exhausted already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a big welcome to Amanda Gillies. And as my wife and I often say, she's the kindest woman on New Zealand TV as well. Oh, so there you're you go. very lovely. I love you and your wife. Right, so we always start off, and I know you listen, uh, with a pop quiz dedicated to the movie Speed where Dennis Hopper's character goes, pop quiz, hot shot. So here's your pop quiz. If you uh, had to have an autobiography, the title of Amanda Gillies' autobiography would be? Oh, good question. I would go with, I sat next to Duncan and Mark and I survived. Potentially one. <laughs> Good work. Yeah, yeah. Or every story matters to someone. Good work. Uh, what's one vice you wish you could get rid of? One vice? I've gotten, do you know, my main vice, which is alcohol, I got rid of that about two and a half years ago. I've been pretty much sober. Well done to you. Yeah. Do you collect anything? At the moment, I used to. I could go back to my kid days when I collected uh, rubbers, and, oh, as right. in erasers. Yeah, yeah, I knew what you were talking about. I knew what you were talking about. Erasers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, goodness, before people go, goodness, she really is a yeah, Gisborne yeah, girl. Yeah. Um, and probably, at the moment, I collect pink pens. So every morning, I don't know whether you've noticed, I will always have three pink pens on my um, desk. Right, I will do. I'll be checking. Now. A quirk, I, a quirk. Yeah, yeah. I'll be <laughs> dropping you a text saying, Amanda, your OCD is getting worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last book you read, or the book you're currently reading, Right now, I am reading, and it's really bad. It's a mystery crime novel thing, and I've made several attempts to get into it. Uh, and you know when you just have one that just doesn't grip you? Mm -hmm. uh, and so bad that I can't even remember the name of it. And I've had about ten attempts, and I read about three right. pages. Not happening. Sounds like that's going to get canned very shortly. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, when you Google Amanda Gillies and you see some of your interviews and everything else, you've met a lot of famous people. Who's the most famous person in your eyes that you've ever met? most famous well other than the lovely man i'm sitting next to right now which oh, bless. right up there right up there You're right bless. um You've i been probably duncan garner, <laughs> too long, yeah. um, duncan garner would say it was him yeah um i'd probably go most recently because you meet all sorts of sort of presidents and prime ministers and stuff but one of them would probably be hugh jackman 
as in, and I think because I genuinely really liked him, I thought you're a cool dude, and I'd really love to be your friend. I don't think he felt the same way, but um, you know, that's interesting because <laughs> you're the third female I know that's met Hugh Jackman, and everybody goes, "He's just an amazing He's guy." He's lovely. I met him about ten years ago in Australia, and then we re-interviewed him this year. What a dude! Beautiful. Karaoke time. What song does Amanda <laughs> Gillies choose to get up and party with? If I could sing, for the sake of the audience, I'd try not to more that they'd boo me off. But I love Sheer and Sonny's I Got You, Babe, simply because I can kind <laughs> kind of sing that. Other than that, oh, yeah, I'm and dreadful. I'm, I'm hoping it's the Sheer parts and not the Sonny parts. That's all good. <laughs> very easy. Yeah, I give yeah. it both a go. Right. So your family was very prominent uh, in Gisborne, and especially the Gisborne Herald. Your uncle was the editor. Your two cousins ran the proofreading, and you still couldn't get a vacancy there. Is that correct? That, gosh, you've done oh, some done good some digging. Yeah, yeah. I know. When I graduated, I actually went back. So my uncle was the editor for years and years and years. Like my grandmother, all my cousins, everyone. And he used to get nicknamed the Gillies Herald. So I think the actual owners of it were like, okay, we've got to draw the line somewhere. So the first time I applied, I used to work there as a kid doing work experience and stuff and loved it. It was like my home away from home. But I think they just said, no, we've we've done it. We're going to draw the line. No more gillies. And so I went and worked at 2ZG, which was our local radio station for a year. And then another vacancy came up and I think they probably just felt sorry for me and they thought, Christ, she's not going away. <laughs> <laughs> it's just given, but good I digging. I like it. How did you land your job as a drive time announcer for 2ZG Radio Gisborne? Because you've been canned by the Gisborne Herald <laughs> and you're a student and then all of a sudden they go, hey. She'll make an awesome drive time announcer. That's the, a dream start. You could probably take out the word awesome. I think there was huge regret when they actually gave me the job. It was Stuart Dwight, who's actually works up here now. And I had done some work with him, amazing guy. And he was leaving. And it was literally right place, right time. There's so much you've got to put down to that. Mm-hmm. And I was cheap. Oh, God, I was cheap. Um, and so I think they thought we'll save some money. And I knew and I, after a year, they actually did it all. The whole job was gone. It was hubbed out of Topol. So I think I was the perfect solution. But what a job. So much fun. I won't lie. I was terrible. Awesome. I know, coming at you, it was like the best hits of the 60s, <laughs> 70s, 80s, and 90s. That is yeah. superb. Good work. And just in case you're listening, News Hub producers, Amanda no longer works for a packet of wine gums for the entire world. <laughs> oh, just I'm um, two packets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So then you get a week experience at TV3 yes. due to another cousin. Yes. Right? I love nepotism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you celebrate your 21st there. Can you remember your first big star encounter at TV3 can you remember who it was that you bumped into in the corridor? John Hawksby back in the day he just walked through and I was starstruck and he was so lovely he stopped Angus my cousin Angus Gillies who was the producer of Nightline and Angus introduced me to him and he was such a gentleman John Hawksby and I've loved him ever since like so generous with his time so positive so lovely actually to stop and talk when I was a kid you you know a nobody yeah awesome good stuff so then Mark Jennings, who's the news chief, tells you to get some more experience as a journalist and come back in a few years. And you're about to go on your OE and you get an audition call. And that was the start of 18 years at TV3, which is staggering given the fact you're only 24. So <laughs> uh, Started at a, as a child. Child yes, protege. exactly. Yeah, so. I was actually, the, true story, I was... Oh, a little bit hungover. I was flying to Australia that night uh, for a job interview with my then partner, and we and Angus actually rang and said, "Hey, Mark Jennings would like to see you. Can you see him today?" I was living in Gisborne, working as a journalist in Gisborne, but happened to be in Auckland for the flight out because that was going to be the first start of our OE. And I was like, "Wow!" Jump back in the shower 
pulled myself together, um, went and had a quick interview with Mike Jennings that day, and while we were in Sydney, um, he rang and said, the job's yours if you want it. And um. I thought, I'll only do maybe three years max, said to my then partner, three years max, and that was 18 years ago. Yeah, yeah exactly, good yeah. work. Right. So then you start at Nightline, and then you do Christchurch, Wellington, and Australia as a reporter. Why reporting and not presenting? Is it was was it because what Mark had told you? Or it was it? this simple. Mark said to me, our boss, in the nicest possible way. He was my mentor. So back in the yeah. days when we were assigned mentors, and he was assigned mine, and he said to me, "You're not going to be a presenter, but I'll make you a hell of a journalist." And I was totally okay with it. I had no presenting aspirations. Loved come from a family of journalists. Loved being out in the field, and he was wonderful. He sent me all over the world. You know, he had a open door policy. If I would text him whenever out in the field, and I'd say, "I'm struggling with an opening line. I'm struggling with a closing line," he'd be there. He was so good, and he helped shape me. And I never ever—I don't think I was until I was forty to, until I stepped foot into a studio to present. Yeah, Boom. which in our industry is very very old. Oh, well, I don't, no, you're exactly right. So hey, you've had some experiences as a, as a reporter in those eighteen years. You've had Frank Bonnie punching your microphone out of your hands. You've been at Sri Lanka after the tsunamis. Has there ever been a moment where you've thought to yourself, of Victoria, Victorian bushfires as well, that this is going to be potentially pretty bad for Amanda soon? Yeah. I mean, like uh, Lara Logan, where she got attacked, for instance, and the such like. Yeah, there were the, well, the time that I probably feared most for my life was actually we were at a natural disaster. It was a massive flooding and cyclone in um, Fiji, mm-hmm. and we got trapped in there. We couldn't get out. All the power lines had come down and the trees had come down, and there was no um, cell phone reception. Everything had gone down. And then when we managed to finally get out, it was actually in the heart of it, and it was basically tracking us as we were going back to the hotel and it was blowing a gale and everything was falling down and I thought these are the dickheads excuse my language <laughs> who, who we report on that are people are out in these sort of conditions and it's the first time I think I ever felt truly scared like I thought I'm not sure I'm going to make it home tonight yeah yep. which was scary yeah yeah what do you think is the worst story that you've ever had to cover in your reporting career um when I spoke to uh, Mel Davies, she said it was the Paris shootings. Um, oh, that would be heartbreaking. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, have you ever had anything that's really stuck with you like that? More recently, I just did March 15 um, yeah. down in Christchurch, mm-hmm. and that was on the flip side of that, that was a really heartbreaking, traumatic time. But what I found so beautiful, I really did, was the way our country, and led by Jacinda Ardern, but came together. And I spent a lot of time with the the wall of flowers, the tribute wall, and people, strangers, would come up and just hug each other and, and hold each other's hands and would cry together. And the way our country came together then for such a horrific, and it was just the most horrific story for New Zealand, to have that come out of it was beautiful. Yeah. The story, though, like I always say, my uncle, Uncle Ian, always said to me, Amanda, doesn't matter when I was doing the Country Woman <laughs> Institute reports back in Gisborne, and I probably had a bit of attitude, he said, every story matters to someone. So no matter how big, how small, you've got to approach it the same way. And I was like, wow. And he said, because someone's going to read that or watch, and it's going to be there, everything. The only interview I've never really enjoyed was Hugh Grant. And I was so excited about going to do it. And this is on a lighter scale, but he was, you know, movie star and A-lister, so charming and funny. I imagine meeting the guy from Four Weddings and a Funeral. Mm -hmm. And he was just 
not into it, he was so non-responsive, he didn't care, he clearly didn't want to be there and it was such a letdown and we get 10 minutes with these stars which is normally never enough and I was pleading with the woman with my eyes like please wrap this baby up and let me out of here, put us all out of our misery. So yeah, so as in a lighter note that was probably yeah, my, right. my least enjoyable. Well you brought it up not me so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. You're right. <laughs> Celebrity interviews, right, so recently Madonna at the weekend said she'd had a journalist follow her around for I think it was close to a month yeah surprise surprise she's got a new album coming out right uh, I mean she felt raped by correct, what they wrote yeah and um, negotiations are just absolutely crazy for these types of celebrity interviews the days of like in the 70s or 80s where they'd say to the reporters hey jump on board the jet with the Rolling Stones Amanda and just travel for six months and then write an expose book afterwards uh, are over um, it's a journalist's job to provide a fair and accurate report of what's going on. Do you think the days of being able to do that with celebrities are now over? It, unless you're probably doing a 60-minute piece or something in-depth where they allow that. And this is why I think Kate Roger is so brilliant at what she does because she's got such rapport with those celebrities. They know her and they trust her, which is huge. So they give her that much more. But sometimes I'd get three minutes that was it with a celebrity and then you get the likes of Hugh Jackman who are so generous and they get it and they understand it's your job and they try and give you as much as they can um, but you know they value their privacy they value you know and the, I think social media has been a game changer like the internet because everything is so instant they can control their own way as well they control what they put out through Instagram and Facebook and stuff so they've got they've taken sort of control back they don't need us as no. much so to speak yeah yeah you're not wrong yeah. so if you could go back in history though and report on any incident in history yeah what would it be and why do you know what this is probably sounds a little bit depressing uh, two that I would have loved to have covered because I've been so fascinated by it is World War two I studied it uh, studied it uh, in depthly uh, when I was younger and just how that changed the world you mm -hmm. know the shape of the world everything and I thought as a journalist to cover something like that would be incredible and it was such a moment in time and you know it was the last world war that we had yeah. and also Hitler and the you know even Pearl Harbor everything all the game changes that happened and also the assassination of President Kennedy wow. was incredible you know yeah. like there is the conspiracy theories that came around it and everything like that so interesting. You and I are going to talk because I've actually been to Dulles Plaza in Texas. My wife and I are kind of not pseudo-conspiracy theorists, but we... What's your theory? I think it was the lone shooter, but I do think that there was some people in the background possibly helping him. Pulling the strings yeah, a little bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what was it like being there? Weird. Uh, it was weird watching people go onto an X in the middle of the road, which is the X where he was shot, yeah. and having their photos taken and keeping their thumbs up and that type of stuff. It was quite weird. But it was also... Uh, how would I describe it? It's a lot shorter than what you think it is. Oh, so really? lots of people tend to think that it's this massive long stretch of road and how could somebody do it? I would estimate it's probably only at the very most from the top of the traffic lights where they turn around the fountain yep. and come down the road. You're probably only looking at maybe six to 700 metres. That's it? Yeah, yeah. So it really is tiny. It's very, very tiny. So yeah. So, See, that is very cool. Love yeah, it. Yeah, so there you go. I'll send you some pictures later on. So, conspiracy theories or not? And if so, which one really makes you go, hmm? 
As in, did we land on the moon? Yeah, really? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I do truly believe that we land on the landed on the moon. Mark uh, Richardson would like us to believe otherwise. Um, <laughs> yes, conspiracy yeah. theories. Is there any that really make you go, hmm, you know what? The journalist in me just kind of goes, hmm, at that or not? Oh, there probably are. There probably are. I, isn't it funny? I've got none that come to mind, only because Mark more recently always said, did we land on the moon? He said, how could we get, uh, not get anyone up on the moon now? And they only had a, some battery the size of our right, cell phone yeah, stuff. But I go, can't, yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, for the record, I do believe we landed on the moon. Yep. Come back to me on that one. Oh, well, I can't no think, yes. All good. So then you do the jump from being a reporter to a presenter uh, because one night they need a fill-in for story, correct? That is correct. And Duncan Garner apparently quote, unquote, sorry, quote says, Shit, Amanda, calm down because your hands are shaking so much. You're making me nervous. Is that true? <laughs> that is true. Yep. Back it up a little bit. I actually, we just had a major renovation done at TV3 with all the studios and stuff, and I hadn't been there. So then I had to actually ask for directions. I was like, which way do we go to actually get <laughs> to our studios? And he was like, are you serious? I was so nervous. And, you know, up until that point, I think I'd been live for 15 years out yep. in the field. And he did. He actually took hold of my hand as well. And Gold. he was like, we've got this. Yeah. Yeah. And you did. Look at that. Uh, if you could have any correspondence job in any country or any region in the world now, why? where would it be and why? Absolutely America because of Trump. Like Beautiful. I'm not a fan of his. I'm not like, <laughs> probably yeah. haven't hidden that fact. No. But I'm just fascinated. And I'd love to be on the ground and what is really happening there because apparently he's got huge support, you know. And what what changes he's making, how is he being received and, yeah, be fascinating. It's bizarre because most of the service personnel that I keep in touch with from America love him. Really? Just can't get enough of him. So what do they love about him? The fact that... He's basically telling the rest of the world, we're Americans, this is what we want, this is what we're going to do. Boom. Yeah, and he's so make America great again, yeah, as he so, said. He's so pro-America, they love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. So, coming from a family, family of journalists, does today's journalism worry you? And when I say worry you, there's things like clickbait. There's people being sponsored by firms and not disclosing that to people as they do stories or opinion pieces and papers. There's the cult of celebrity and reality television. Uh, there's opinions versus facts. Does it get a little bit worried? When I said this to Sasha McNeil, she said, she's really old school, because Bob, yep. bless him. Um, yeah, but you know, uh, she said there were lots of stuff that when she started off as a cub, she said today's reporters uh, would just look at it and go, my God, it's like an archaic system. I would agree with that, even to the extent where this is really showing my age. When I used to do uh, work experience at the Gisman Herald, they were the old clickety-clack typewriters and there used to be a red telephone booth in the corner and that's where you'd make your phone calls because it was so loud. Um, and I loved the, those days and it was so, it felt, for lack of a better word, it felt so pure. But, and but I'll show the difference, when I started at TV3, the only really show that mattered was 6pm, so you'd spend all day working towards a minute 30, two minute story for 6pm because there were no other shows other than Nightline, you know, and they'd cut it down for Nightline. Yep. Now our reporters come in, they have to file for the AM show, they have to file for radio, they have to file for 4pm, they have to file for uh, 5.30, then 6 o'clock and then all the online stuff. They are worked so hard so it is just go, 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 you know, you burn through it so quickly whereas we could craft for a lot of time but they're often yep. cutting their own stories as well, you yeah. know. Yep. Like we were back on tape back then, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. 
to revoice things. And we used to fax, if we were out of town, we would fax our stories to a local business. You'd knock on the door saying, do you have a fax number? And they'd go, uh, yeah, sure. And they're like, do you mind if we fax our story through? <laughs> like, that's how you got your copy to voice it. Yep, yeah, exactly. And for all those kids who are listening at home under the age of 25, Apparently, I know because I did it, and I'm pretty sure Amanda did as well. When you did your typewriter test, you even had a cover that went over your hands so that you could do the typewriting. Yes! yes. Oh go. my gosh, I love yeah. it. Even though I only got 27, Amanda. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you and me both. Yeah, yeah. So, do you ever think, though, as a journalist, we're ever going to see something like Watergate and Bob Woodward again, or do you think that investigative journalism on that depth is gone? Maybe the hunger, maybe there is that real people want news instantly, they want it short, they want the highlighted version. But I look up, I say, particularly at what Patty Gower is doing, uh, what Newsroom is doing with Melanie Reid, our former TV3 mm-hmm. journalist, you've got Janet McIntyre, um, there are some, David Fisher is another one, uh, Jared Savage, we've still got brilliant investigative reporters and those pieces still do rate well and when they are done well and I think there still is a hunger for it you do have your celebrity news and your daily mails and stuff but I think at the heart people want other people held to account they want to know the truth and I think there's always going to be vacancy for that not wrong what do you think is the biggest threat to reporting these days apart from Donald Trump Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Fake news. Um, I think social media is because, um, or even when I talked on before, people have got their own brands, celebrities, they can do all their own work, put it out themselves, and they can control everything. And so our role isn't as needed. Even police now doing podcasts. You know what I mean? Everyone can do it. It's only me, by the way. (laughs) Just you. You only need one good one. Do not feel threatened in any way, News Hub or AM show. I'm not going to come for you. (laughs) I love it. But people, we have the technology now and the means to be able to do it ourselves kind of thing. And I think that's what worries me a little bit, you know, or probably worries me a lot if I'm being honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's What's been your biggest fangirl moment in your entire career? The moment where you've gone, oh, hang on for a second, you've got the selfie, you've asked for the autograph because your cousin who happens to have the same name as you, Amanda, wants it, that type of stuff. Um... I'm trying to think. I've been lucky enough, I've been really lucky enough to meet... Um, some incredible people and I know that I have I've just gone so blank even the other day we had someone incredible coming into our old studio isn't this this is what happens when you get up at 3.15 in the morning yeah, correct. you get a baby brain without the baby um, you just go oh probably the one who I have liked the most was Hugh Jackman only because he was so lovely but you know even we get um, Sir Graham Lowe in at the moment who's kind of become a friend in a way but to, you know when you get to meet them and you get to know them and you're like you're really cool and yeah. they become yeah good news is for you I'm lining him up for a podcast show. oh he'll love it you'll yeah, love yeah, yeah. him and, and call him Sir Graham because he's still basking oh in I'll be moment. calling him Sir Graham <laughs> and him and I have got a mutual friend because I used to coach at Idaho Rugby League Club yeah and there used to be a wonderful lady there called Mrs B Mrs. P would go around and tell everybody, including Mr. Lowe, Sir Graham, now sorry, uh, to put all fours down on the chair because they had all four legs on the floor. They weren't to be have, having two or three up in the air. Oh, I love Mrs. B. Yeah, she's sensational. <laughs> She'd say that to anybody. Yep. Yeah, so there you go. Right, now you've gone on about it a couple of times, so here we go. Your AM show, you start at 3.20. Yep. You have everything laid out. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to... I did an interview last week with Jim Moira from Voices of Hope. Yes. And she spoke about Hero CD. 
Just yes. saying. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> Maybe there could yeah, be traits of that. <laughs> yeah, right down to, and I've read that you had the knife, the plate, and the bits of bread ready to go for your toast. Is that right? Yes, yep. although I've now changed into a little, uh, like a muesli bar Boys, thing. Yep. Yes. Okay. Your first alarm goes off at 3.20. Yep. Your second goes off at 3.30. Yep. You're at the studio by 4. Yeah. How tough is that by 4 p.m. in the afternoon? Because I know when I do search warrants or I get up early in the morning at 5 to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu two or three times a week, I'm like, oh, by 5 o'clock I'm doing the old naughty nod thing. You know how you said you think I'm one of the kindest people in TV? Yes. You don't want to be around me at 4. No, <laughs> no I'm teasing. <laughs> I always have to have a nana nap, so yeah. I am part of that is I pencil in my nana nap every day or pen it in because there's yeah. no changing it. Um, it does take its toll. People say to me, do you ever get used to it? And I'm like, how? No. Mm-hmm. And I found it very early on. I'm not a morning person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so I, yeah, it, it is tough and it does take its toll. I won't lie about that. I mean, it's worth it. They always say the hardest part is getting from the bed to the bathroom. Yep. And that I, even this morning I was like, oh, please. And you got your partner lying next yeah, to you who's yeah. all cuddled up and snuggled. And I'm like, oh, come on. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's by four o'clock I've normally had an hour's nana nap by then, so I'm kind of resembling a human again. So what time do you go to bed at night? Try to by eight o'clock. Try. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes at midnight you're still lying there wide awake going, come on. And best of all, like all early morning DJs I know and everything else, I know that it takes you about three or four days to get acclimatised, so even on your days off you're still waking up at 20 past three. Exactly. I'm yeah. as bright and early in the morning. Yeah. Our, our Saturday and Sunday mornings, we use them. <laughs> <laughs> what does a day off for Amanda Gillies look like? So day off, I can tell you what we did in our weekend. So my partner has children who are seriously just divine. We um, feel very, very lucky. Um, so we, my day off this time was spent at the soccer field watching their soccer. Boom. Yeah, which was fantastic. It was spent dancing around our lounge to Katy Perry. Um, it was spent watching a scooby-doo movie on saturday night yeah and we had lasagna which was great and then we go for walks and we go to the school next door and kick around a soccer ball and we went to the toy world at the shopping mall and Order. Get, yep, does it get any exactly. better than that? As I a, love it. It's, as a dad, does it get any better exactly. than that? Exactly. Doesn't it just yeah. make you smile? It does. It's lovely, yeah. yeah. So it was there's fantastic. Always little, there's always a little kid in somebody. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think I benefit more than they right. do. Now, speaking of little kids. Yes. Sitting in between Mr. Garner and Mr. Richardson. <laughs> Every yes. morning is a very brave thing to do, right? Do I get a medal? Yeah, you, you should do, yeah. <laughs> Sir Graham Lowe and I are going to work on that for you, Amanda. Yeah, right. thank you. Right. It's, I bet there's some mornings it's either, one, hard to maintain your balance. Yep. Two, go, geez, I can't believe you've just said that. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, or three, just go, somebody slipped something into their coffee because that is just outrageous. And I would be the one to slip it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for instance, me, I sat there and I was just, my mouth hit the floor and I'm like, oh my God, I need you guys to come out with me on a night shift, I think, because um, when you spoke about, they spoke about going out on a, on the town for a night and you mm-hmm. spoke about checking out in the back of your seat and making sure that you, you know, if you hadn't finished your drink, you wouldn't go back to it and everything else. And they're like, Seriously? What's wrong with you, Amanda? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you sit there sometimes and just go, jeepers? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. I don't have a very good poker face either. So some <laughs> yeah. of the facials I do, I get teased about by my friends. Um, 
put on the record I love them both oh, yeah, both the bits yeah, yeah but holy heck sometimes I'm like are you serious yeah 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 what the hell yeah yeah and I know Mark does a lot to poke the bear and yeah. he knows how to push my buttons and stuff and yeah. you know that's his role and and people love him for it but yeah they do they know how to wind me up sometimes I'm learning just to sort of <gasps> deep breath yeah, we'll say, flick yeah. it off walk yeah. away but the thing is straight after the show never take anything like we can have some feisty debates sometimes we never take that out of the studio yeah and yeah. I think that that's something that people have got to realise as well and I have stressed this with my friends quite a bit must be the fact that I do sometimes what rigor does uh, <laughs> mental note yes. to self yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, fully yeah, alert yeah, now yeah, I'm ready yeah. for it <laughs> just because I disagree with you it doesn't mean that I don't like you exactly you know so we can agree to disagree that's cool my wife taught me that heaven forbid bless her yeah but you know it's just that she thing she sounds of, like a good yeah, woman yeah she's quite wise yeah, yeah. Um, but you know just that thing of we can actually disagree on something and still be friends it's not such a big drama and that's exactly it and you know Mark is very very national and he wears it and he probably goes overboard to make a point on what he does but he is uh, incredibly loyal he's the most amazing husband and father yep. we have a laugh there is so much we do have in common but we agree to disagree sometimes and you know sometimes he does go outrageous and he goes you know pushes the boat out as far as he can but he's got a good heart and you can't ever take that away and he makes me laugh and you know and he knows he give it and take it we don't take it personally yep. and it would be so boring if we agreed on everything right so yeah. If I was to say to you which one of those should be a cappuccino guest, you've got the choice of either Duncan or Mark. Who would should it, who who would you choose? Here's a little thing. So if you were to meet Mark off out of the studio, he is the quietest, sweetest, yeah, that's <laughs> normally the way. Yeah, yep. he'll, he'll hate that. He's like a little teddy bear, and he goes home to his wife and his children, who he absolutely adores and loves, and he'll nurse a bear, and he's in his happy place. Yeah. Whereas Duncan. He will, Duncan, what you see is what you get. I call him out, Energizer Bunny. There is no off button. It just keeps going and going and going and going. And he's got a big heart and he wears that firmly on his sleeve. And yeah, so you'd probably get more. You, you'd have to make it maybe a two-hour special cappuccino podcast <laughs> just to get it all in. But yeah. Beautiful. Right. So do you think, did you ever think by joining the AM show, if I'd said to you at the very beginning, Amanda, you know what? You Were you, by joining this AM show, you're going to become a pseudo spokesperson for infertility issues for older couples, and I admire your courage for that too. I think yeah. I even sent you a text on the time, and you were amazing because you actually texted me back and said, "Thank you so much. There's been so many texts. I'm just feeling the love. It's amazing." Blah blah blah. Right. Um, you, but I read that you weren't going to say anything until Mark started off with his journey, and then you went, "Oh, actually, while we're doing sort of show and tell, I'm going to go as well here." Yeah. Um, did, would that have stopped you? Do you think if I'd sort of said to you, you know, right at the very beginning, you're going to reveal this much about your own personal life? Do you think you would have gone, no? No, heck no. Well, you think about it. I was, you know, by that stage, about 18 years as a journalist, you yep. know, for including print and radio. And I, we never give opinion. We never yep. give, and that's very new. We were talking about the new style yep. we journalists did, but we never did. We went to the left and then went to the, went to the right. And we got opinions and facts by both of them. We presented it and people made up their own mind. We were not there to give our opinion, you yep. know, nobody cared. So for me to tell something about myself, especially something so personal, yep. um, and part of the reason is when the lovely lady came over, the infertility specialist, um, I was nearly in tears because at the time it was very raw in my life yep. with what was going on yep. you know and I said to them and normally I butt up on all the you know 
interviews and ask a question and stuff and I just couldn't I just thought I can't this is too close to home and then I think Mark felt that and you know and he was so beautiful in the way he opened up about it and was so raw and to see him and how it affected him and I was like wow and uh, Duncan looked at me and I was like nope and then Duncan (laughs) looked at me again I was like "Mm, nope and then he looked like this is do you want to say anything and I did and the lovely thing is is that what I love is that particularly young people young women and you know newly married or otherwise um, have said it started a conversation in their house with their you know girlfriends boyfriends husbands partners whatever and said look we have thought gosh we've got to get onto this and at the moment we've got a baby boon baby boon going on at TV3 and I think it's wonderful and I think doesn't matter what your circumstance is if you have it do it because you'll never you'll know that you'll never regret it you know there might be some tough moments in there but yeah you're exactly right so congrats on you and I've had oodles of my workmates say oh when you see it just say to her really appreciate it courage there you go thank you then out come the trolls and all the bullies (laughs) yeah and you know how much I love bullies yeah of which I know that you're a massive campaigner against if you get the chance to sort of say hey bullying's wrong you should try and be kind and everything else I always say being kind is really easy. It just starts off with don't be an asshole. That's exactly. Um, I have actually tried to get Pink Shirt Day to rename Pink Shirt Day, Pink Shirt Day, uh, don't be an asshole, but they won't, <laughs> they won't do it for me. I yeah. endorse it. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, so Next year, you and I. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, and you know, um, you are, you're almost there with it. Why is kindness so important to you? This, I still remember the day when yeah. it was at our house in Gisborne and my brother and um, one of his mates were having, they were just being nasty, just typical young boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Betty Gillies marched down and said to them, you know, listen you boys. And she said, if you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing. And it, it was one of those things that just stuck with me. If you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing. Yeah. And I thought, it's so true, just be kind, be gentle, and yeah. I always think words are so damaging, and it doesn't matter whether you're a celebrity or otherwise, if you're young or old, you know what I mean? Yep. It really hurts, and they always say for every 100 lovely comments, one nasty one, that's the one that's going to stick with you, and yep. it's, it's it hurts, and in today's yep. day and age, it can be deadly, and I just think, why? Oh my God, a cop car has turned up, we're about to get arrested. Uh, no, you're right. right. <laughs> they have tracked you down. Have we they're, gone they're tracking somebody else. Oh, so that's this is outstanding. The lights are on. No, they're all good. Right. Anyway, right. It. So there you go. Look at that. Just as a <laughs> so you and your kindness support lots of charities. Uh, in fact, one I found out about about two weekends ago when we saw your feet up in Socks for Smiles, which is awesome, by the way, just quietly. Pink shirt, they just to name a few. Why is it so important to you to give back to some of those charities? Because they do amazing work, seriously, yeah. and they do it on the smell of an oily rag. And if you can do something, just a little thing, to shine a light on it, and you know, money's tough to get, you know, to yeah. to come by nowadays. Uh, attention is tough. There are so many competing charities with competing avenues mm-hmm. and everything like that. I supported um, uh, one called Foster Hope, and it was particularly special for me. I did it through work, uh, but my grandmother was a foster child, and my mum was adopted. And, and I think Mums has got an amazing attitude. She never looked at it as being she was rejected by her birth parents. She looked at it as she was the chosen one by her parents, you know, who adopted yep. her. And I think that's, she's a half, a glass half full, not glass half empty, which I think is amazing. Yep. But I think, yeah, it's something so small. And you guys, Pink Shirt Day is so incredible. And mental health is such an issue in New Zealand. And 
no one's making lots of money off these things you no, know what I mean no. exactly it's but it makes a difference even if it's to one person's life to get someone to get help to get them off the ledge or to change someone's way of thinking so that they are kinder yeah I think that's cool yeah it is very cool right so what do people normally do when they recognize you in public do you get the like Sasha McNeil I love this she was dropping one of her children off to school and um, one of the kids there sorry one of the parents there said to Sasha um, there's a woman on TV who could almost be like your sister um, <laughs> and Sasha said yeah she's just sort of a bit tidier with the makeup and the hair she said, it's amazing what they can do with makeup in an hour and a half age she's like, oh my god it is you do you ever get that type of thing I get a lot of people which I always find funny where they go hello how are you oh no we don't know each other yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or the favourite one that I get now is what's Mark Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's always. They got no interest in me. They just want to know about Mark. Yeah, it's yeah. really funny. Yeah, yeah. He's a big softy. He's a big uh, yeah, softy. Exactly. I always say that, and he always says to me, "Don't say that. Yeah, just don't ruin it for me." Yeah, I'm gonna put it out there now, Mark Richardson. You're a big softy. Come yes. and get me if you want me. Right? <laughs> so yes. there you go. So, if you were in the White House press gallery and you could ask either Sarah Sanders or Donald Trump one question, what would it be? Ooh, Do you know the first thing one. that just came into my mind? <laughs> Uh-oh. No, I won't. It was one of his infamous graves. I don't think we need to go there. Yes. Um, gosh, that's a good question. That is a good question. It would have to be to Donald Trump. I'd love to have a sit down with Donald Trump. That would be fantastic. Do you think you'd actually learn anything though? No, because I think he just talks in riddles, and there is, yeah. you know, and he would he'd say something like, "I like peanuts," and you'd go, "Why do you like peanuts?" Why do you ask me that? I never said anything about peanuts. Yeah. I don't like peanuts. Why are you saying I like peanuts? Yeah. Um, it would be, you would just go in riddles. Um, gosh, I can't even think on that. It would have to be Trump. There are so many questions. I would just say, even even like, why did you want to be um, president? And why yeah. do you lie so much? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. So now the last question, and we always do this. Yes. So Should I be nervous? No, not really. So <laughs> not really? No, not really. You're a good... Okay. So a good friend of mine, and actually I must get him on board, yeah. uh, he was in a play once where a man was feeling very down about himself. So what he decided he would do is he'd fake his own death, <laughs> and as the casket was out there, he'd be hiding behind the curtains listening to everybody sing his praises, praises <laughs> in, his, yeah. in his eulogy, right? So the question is, the, I call it the... It's always in the here is eulogy question. Um... <laughs> If you had the chance to hear your own eulogy, what do you hope people would say about Amanda Gillies? I'd hope that they'd say she was kind, she was loving, and I think she was pretty good at what she did. Beautiful. And yeah. that Mark Richardson was a big softie. And, yeah. Yeah. and he'd be yelling out, no, she's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> So, if yeah. you want to follow Amanda Gillies, especially for on style tips, and yes, her and I are going to get a photo so that I can be included this week. <laughs> yes. Just saying. Uh, anyway, that is the best outfit. Yeah, ever. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Blue is my colour. Um, where are the best places for us to follow you? I know you've got your Instagram. So, what's your Instagram tab? Oh, it's Amanda right, Gillies three, isn't it's it? It's Amanda Gillies three, and then I've got a Amanda Gillies Facebook page. Facebook well. page, and I'm also on Twitter, which is I think Amanda underscore Gillies. I should know this. Know Beautiful. These that's all right. I'll put some links in it anyway. And that was the cappuccino for Amanda Gillies. Thank you very much. Wasn't that difficult, was it? Thank you. Oh, I like that. You know, you could be a journalist. Mm, yeah, no, I'd have to take a huge pay cut. No, I'm dead, I'm dead, so. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. That well, is good. true. Done. <laughs> 
Cappuccino with Constable Brian. Real people, real stories. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss his next podcast.